Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Hi and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Parenting in the Thick of It podcast. I have a wonderful guest with me again today, Dr. Sharon Celine. Thank you so much for being with us all. Thank you so much for having me, Louise. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, and today is no exception. Yeah, and likewise for me too, and I know all the readers thoroughly enjoy the episodes which I have recorded with you in the past, of which there are now a few, which is amazing. For those right. who haven't, yeah, for those of you that haven't listened to the show and this is new to you, Dr. Sharon Celine is a clinical psychologist and she specializes in ADHD, but that's not to say she's not a specialist in everything parenting and all things kind of psychological. And that's why I love speaking to her. So ADHD or no DHD, ADHD, label or no label, this is applicable to everybody. And today we are having a very spontaneous conversation based on a conversation that I had going in my private Facebook group, Parenting in the Thick of It. Many mums out there right now in COVID-19 are struggling with the fact that their kids are spending hours and hours and days and days in their bedrooms. And it is a concern to the parents, obviously, And they're kind of wondering what they should do. Is this normal? Dare we even say the word normal right now? So what's your take on it in terms of what you've been working with people and the the kids that you're you're, uh, working with, the parents? Are you seeing this as a trend right now during these times? Well, I think the first thing that I want to say is yes, I am seeing this as a trend. But I want to take a step backwards. I I like to call this zooming out. So we want to zoom out a little bit. Uh, We're talking about um, teenagers. So let's say anywhere from 12 to 20. Mm -hmm. Um, These kids have experienced profound losses. And we cannot underestimate that loss. And so part of what we are seeing them is dealing with grief. Grief of not being around their friends. Uh, which is important to a teenager. Peer interactions and that peer arena is how they learn to um, identify themselves. Who am I and where do I belong are really key issues for adolescents. And so these kids are struggling with the answers to those questions. I don't know who I am because I can't be with my group. I'm not sure where I belong, only I know it's not here at home. I can't be out in the world where I am learning to define myself. And so all of these things add up to grieving, grieving the loss of who I was, the freedoms that I had, and more importantly, 
numerous events that kids have looked forward to, whether it's spring season on the volleyball team, or um, I have several, several, several uh, friends and clients who play ultimate Frisbee. They've lost their season. Some of them are seniors in high school and in college. They're no longer, they were captains. Um, and that would be true for baseball or tennis or, you know, any sort of spring soccer. Um, and then we have the graduations. Um, those have been canceled. So something you've looked forward to, it's a really a life, a key life cycle event has now you know, disappeared. And no matter what you do to make it up in some virtual way, it's not the same. Um, high schoolers who were interested in going to the prom have lost that. Um, yeah, uh, juniors in high school are no longer able to visit colleges. Seniors who've been accepted cannot go visit to help them decide if this is where they want to go. And, and, yeah, and college students, will they get a job? How can they get a job? They don't even know what to plan for for the summer. Um, you know, my daughter's 21, uh, and she, I said to her, do you have any, or did this internship thing come through? She said, Mom, I'm not talking about planning. Planning is useless. And, you know, I thought, okay, that's true, because what are you going to do? And so it's hard for our adult brains to wrap themselves around all of these things that have been going on. But for, 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 for developing brains and, and teenagers and young adults, their brains are still developing. The frontal lobes don't fully connect with the rest of the brain until the age of 25 in neurotypical brains and around 28 in brains with ADHD. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on both environmentally and internally that's disrupting kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, what I always say to parents as well is, you know, what we see is the tip of the iceberg. We're seeing the sullenness, the moodiness, the shutting themselves away, perhaps being disrespectful, only coming out to eat. And we feel like, you know, a doormat that they're just walking all over us. It's a bit of a hotel. But what we're not seeing is the rest of it that's beneath the surface. And right. you know, all these things, you know, they are, they're, fe they're fearful, they're scared, they're missing so many things. They, they're, you know, at a time in their lives where they're trying to work out who it is they are. And all they're doing is staying at home with their siblings and their parents. So you can understand the, st the, the stress of it is enormous on them. But we, we, as parents, we often forget about all of that. We just focus on what we are seeing. Um, so so we, we have to think a little bit about the iceberg. Yes. You know? so we see some of it, and then there's a whole lot underneath. Yeah. And so for these kids, because they're teenagers and they don't want you to know too much about themselves, we, we don't exactly understand what's under the water, and yet we need to know, mm -hmm. because um, adolescents feel things deeply. Mm -hmm. And I think what a lot of adolescents are feeling is a loss of hope and of uh, th things to plan and look forward to. And when your present is very unpleasant, you want to have something to look forward to. Absolutely. And they can't. They, are, they don't trust that. And so I think we have to really understand that this is, is terrible for them. And while that's true, we also have to understand that there are certain things they have to do. And spending all day every day in your room on your screen is not one of them. 
no, absolutely. And I mean, also you mentioned the brain science and the prefrontal cortex and, you know, Dan Siegel's work, um, mm -hmm. that the, their brains are wired for social engagement, social Absolutely. They're wired for a bit of risky behavior, a bit of impulsiveness. Mm -hmm. What can they do at home? You know, so they're not being fueled in the way that their brains are wanting. And, you know, they're just left in this, they're sort of almost in no man's land at home. And it just must be terrifying and stressful. And, and they, they don't come and say, hey, mom, I'm really worried. I'm really stressed. I'm really missing it. You know, what they say is, you know, why is he so horrible to me, the younger brother? Or right. right. The more right. sensitive. Um, right. But at what point, you know, I know these mums are saying, yeah, okay, so my daughter's in her room for, I mean, a lot of the mums in this group were saying that their, their kids were in their rooms for basically the whole day. Yeah. Up, go and eat breakfast back in their room. Go nibble something for lunch back in their room. Go and eat a biscuit back in their room. They're barely even sitting at the table to finish a meal and they're back in their room. So they're basically living in their rooms. Uh -huh. And at what point do you deem this psychologically um, dangerous, quote unquote, you know, is psychologically damaging? Because as mm -hmm. human beings, we're, we're wired for more than that. So, right, right. Well, so the, the question is, what are they doing in their rooms to mm -hmm. me? You know, are you doing your homework? Are you actually getting it done? Are you socializing? Are you spending seven hours a day gaming? What are you doing in your room? Um, that's the first thing that I, I would want to know. But the second thing I'd want to know is how can you come out of your room and still have a sense of autonomy? Mm -hmm. You know, because I, in a way, the room is their space. So they're drawing the line. This is where I, this is where you end and this is where I begin. And the question is, can you, can you be begin in another space in the house. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it you know, might be useful for these families to basically have family work time where everybody's downstairs at the kitchen table doing their studying, like have a set study period. So you want to break up the places that you can go in a room. And for some families who live in small apartments, that, that's not possible. And if you have kids who have different types of learning needs and um, and our different uh, academic levels, grade levels, um, they may need different kinds of attention and support. And so your teenager may just want to go in, your room, in their room and be left alone and not have you bother them at all and not be bothered by a younger sibling. But there need, I think it's reasonable to expect and to create some ground rules for living together. You know, um, coming out for a food um, is okay, but it's not quite enough. Like I need to see your face a little bit more. And so, you know, grabbing your, your, your dinner and eating it as fast as you can, and then um, going back to your room, isn't exactly what I had in mind when I said we were gonna have, you know, family dinners. Mm -hmm. so, so sit down with them. And, and I think the place where you can begin is to say, look, I understand that you need to have your privacy and you want your own space. And I'm still your mom and I'm still worried and re about your welfare and I'm still responsible for it. So what can we do that feels like you're engaging some, but you still have your own space? I mean, I'd have a conversation about that. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, most kids can answer that question 
who are not, you know, verging on clinical depression. And that's really what we need to talk about. You know, when are kids at a point where they need to start speaking to somebody mm-hmm. or they need to see their physician? Because if your any, child, yeah, sorry. Are there any signs or, or anything that parents, you know, I mean, I know every child's different. Every child's unique. Every mm-hmm. situation's unique. The parents are unique. So it's not like there's, you know, definitive set of rules as to or signs that you see. But are there any, are there any sort of, red flags so to mm-hmm. speak you mm-hmm. would say you know sure. like that's exhibiting these symptoms you need so to- so i would say kids who only leave their room to get food uh, i would say personal hygiene is your child shower, showering mm-hmm. uh, doing their laundry um do they many get of, out of their pajamas yes. many yeah many of the parents are are saying they don't even know when their kids go to sleep because you know they don't know they don't know how many hours sleep their, their kids are getting because I presume the, the uh, gaming and the phones are in their bedrooms. So, of course, they, they might say, I, I don't use it at night, mom, but we all know they're up a lot of the night. And well, see, I think, I think the conversation would have to begin with um, who, who, who keeps the screens at night. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that you need to have a digital sundown. And at, when, at some point, the digital devices leave their room and live somewhere else, whether it's in a lockbox in your room or, um, yeah. and or how, somewhere how, else. How do you deal with, because I know I've had, I've had many clients who, you know, I recommend the same as you, mm. and they say, well, they just won't give up their phone. I mean, we will literally be phone in parents' hand, phone in kids' hand, and they're screaming and yelling over the phone, and the kids will not give up the phone. Well, I know that you can turn off your kids' phone service. Yeah. And I'm so around the white. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you can, you can, you can turn off Wi-Fi to, to, to different devices. I mean, you, you know, the thing is what we have to start with is some sort of collaborative agreements and negotiations. You know, you don't want to live in a war zone as a parent and your kid doesn't want to live in a war zone. And in their undeveloped brain, the answer to their happiness is having as much access to their phone as possible. But the reality is having as much access to their phone as possible isn't in their best interest Mm -hmm. because research has shown that the more time that you spend on your phone, that the less time that um, uh, the more, the greater the increase it can be in, in lower, it's sort of greater and lowers all over the place here, but you'll, the more time you spend on your phone, the lower your self-esteem can go Mm -hmm. because you're constantly comparing yourself to other people or you're gaming um, but when you get off the games after seven hours, you're, you're cranky, you're irritable, you know? And so as parents, we have to put some limits on this for kids because they're not going to do it for themselves. And, and that means sitting down as a family and reorchestrating how you're using screen time. Screen time needs to be earned. It's not a given privilege. You know, kids, are, when we bring kids into the world, they're entitled to things. Food, clothing, shelter, love, healthcare, safety, um, education, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not entitled to their phone. That's not one of the things they're entitled to. So you want to, re- you may want to relax some of your phone standards during this time, but your kids have to earn the privilege of those relaxed standards. Absolutely. I, what I'm seeing as well is, you know, any problems pre-COVID, any mm-hmm. challenges pre-COVID, are exacerbated and exaggerated here. So if the limits around technology were not 
sound, quote unquote, pre-COVID, then it's going to be very much worse during COVID. Okay. And, you know, if your boundaries around sleep were not great pre-COVID, they're going to be worse during COVID. Everything's kind of being exacerbated and exaggerated. So many of these problems parents are facing are not new problems. They've just been compounded. They're just off the charts now. They're, it's so, they're struggling so much with it. I agree completely. And so I think what you need to do is step back, you know, a few steps and look at how do we want things to be and what, what kind of buy-in am I going to get from my child? And the way you're going to get buy-in is you're going to link uh, earned screen time to things that they need to do. So what I would encourage parents to do is to say, look, every day you can have, you know, I'm using big numbers here because it's easy with math. So just whatever works for your family. You can have three hours of do whatever you want screen time on top of your school screen work, mm -hmm. right? And the, what you're, but here's how it's going to work. The first hour every day you get no matter what. Unless you are, I find out you're bullying people online, you're sexting, you're going to inappropriate sites, you get your hour. Mm -hmm. The other two hours you are, will earn. And you're going to earn those two hours by doing some basic things that you and I agree on that have to get done. Mm -hmm. A, I, you have to take a shower. To say shower, walk. B, you need to come downstairs and spend an hour doing some of your work here. So I see you outside of your room. Uh, C, um, you need to walk the dog the way you're supposed to. Whatever it is, okay? And every time you reach one of those markers, you earn a certain amount of time. So if you want to have your four hours of screen time that's not school related, then Here's to get the extra three, the bonus, you'll have to do these other things. Mm -hmm. And so we want kids to, they won't, they, they'll, they may gripe about it, but ultimately if they understand that this is the new rule, then they're going to want to follow it because they want the bonus. The one hour isn't enough. They want those four hours. So they want those extra, that extra time. Yeah, and so- Right. So we have to negotiate with them to um, figure out what the, what the markers are to yeah. get that. But the actual plan is something that you're instituting for their welfare. And they may not see it as such, but you as a parent still can say that. And really, I mean, these are safeguarding their mental health here. You know, for, the mm -hmm. youth, for those that are listening, you know, you have to make sure your child is mentally nourished. And just like you wouldn't give your child a bottle of vodka in their bedroom, you're not going to give them access to, to being on their own for 14 hours on a screen for 12 hours and, you know, not, and, and a whole pound of sugar in their bed. You know, it's really no different. We're, we're, we have to make sure that their health and safety is, is number one. And, and it, is, it is no different. But the thing is that there's a lot of pushback right now. And parents, I think, feel bad because their kids are unhappy, you know, and because it's, it's not fun to deal with, you know, arguments and, and yelling and, and this kind of pushback when everybody's stuck in the same house. And particularly if your kids are over 18, they're going to say, well, I'm an adult. You can't tell me what to do. And, and the thing is, you can say, look, you know what? You're an adult, but you're not acting like an adult. Mm -hmm. And you're under this roof and we're all living together. And, and we're, we're, you're, you're here and I'm still responsible for your welfare. So we have to make some changes. Mm -hmm. um, I have, and there are some kids who really like their phones. They like to listen to music or a story before they go to bed. And so in those families, what I recommend is if you can afford it to get Alexa, 
And so the phone can live in your room and the Alexa can be in their room and they can talk to the Alexa and the Alexa will do what it needs. You know, I think that there, at this point, we have to really think outside of our typical categories of problem solving. Absolutely. And I think the pushback is a big thing. We have to expect the pushback and a lot mm -hmm. of it. I mean, in normal day-to-day -day life, pre-COVID, we had pushback. Mm -hmm. Now there's going to be even more pushback. But pushback doesn't mean we just cave and give in. You know, there's a way we have to be able to deal with the pushback. Mm -hmm. And if we are overwhelmed, frustrated, and at our wit's end, because we've Netflix, binged on Netflix till two in the morning and we're tired, we're not mm -hmm. going to be able to deal with the pushback. So you have to make sure that you're giving yourself what you need as well. And many parents right now are struggling. Sometimes, you know, they, they haven't got someone to look after their kids. And I say to them, to these parents, you know, so if you're whatever age your child is, if they have some screen time, use that time for you to nurture and nourish yourself. Don't go and do all the household chores and the ironing and the dinner prep and everything in that one hour that your kid might be watching Barney or Thomas the Tank Engine. Mm -hmm. Go do provided they're safe and you can leave the room. Go and do something for you. Go read your book. Go sit in the garden on a deck chair and stare at the sky. Just something to, to charge your batteries and not just uh, use that almost the, the, the childcare as in a, them being on a screen for an hour just so you can get everything done. Do the things with your kids. Fold the laundry while they're doing something. You know, get mm -hmm. them involved in it so that you, you are getting what you need because if you don't, you will not be able to deal with the pushback. Your reactivity is going to be high. You're going to be in your you know, limbic brain, you're going to lose your uh, access to your wise order, uh, higher thinking brain, and you're going to end up getting di dialed into the drama and trapped in the drama with them. So it's so important. There's so many things we have to do right now to be able to parent and navigate what we're all in, in a um, vaguely uh, good way. I, I, I agree completely. I think it's important to use um, screen time to take some of that time to refuel. Mm -hmm. And then if you need to do something that having your kids distract you with um, is part of that time, uh, that's great. You know, so, you know, if they get an hour of TV time and you have 20 minutes of, 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 of something to do for work or a phone call, absolutely schedule it then. But do take some time for yourself. That is important because if you're not nourishing yourself, you're not going to have the resources to be available during those times when things get really tense. Absolutely. And one other thing that I want to say is you asked me earlier about when, you, when, when kids are acting in a way that you know you think they may need to see, to consult with a professional. So, um, Dysregulated sleep, disrupted sleep, absolutely is one thing. Um, poor personal hygiene, um, more than normal, is is uh, is another. Um, isolation, um, uh, giving things away, um, not showing interest or taking pleasure in things that used to bring them joy. So for a lot of these kids, you know, particularly kids who are athletic, it's very difficult. For them, they've they're missing their tournaments and their th their their games and and they um, and they're also missing the endorphins. So if you're a child who exercises a lot, your brain is bathed in these endorphin endorphins that um, are are make you feel good. 
And if you're suddenly not exercising as much, you're kind of stuck, right? In a place where mm -hmm. nothing feels so good. Mm -hmm. So what I would encourage you to do is to figure out with your son or daughter how they can exercise. You know, could they put on a bandana and go out with a friend and who's also wearing a bandana and go for a run? Do you trust your child to actually maintain appropriate distance? Um, uh, can you, do they work out in the basement? If you have a basement and you have some weights and Skype a friend and they can do something together, is there a, a workout that they could find online, yoga classes or yeah. something? Um, and, you know, you could give them a laugh and join them. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yes. But I... But I think getting, getting exercise is really important right now for kids. It is, yeah. And the other thing for moms whose kids are in their bedrooms locked away, um, how about asking them if they can cook a meal? Once a week. Oh, yes. Then oh, cook. yes. You know, this is a time where we're all home. You're not, not running out to volleyball and these ultimate frisbee and all these things, which is always during the dinner hour. So make use of this time. Teach them how to cook a few meals so they've got a few meals at hand. and then. They can mm -hmm. cook once a week. That's going to get them out of their rooms as well. Well, what I, I think that's true. And, and how I would phrase it is, you know, I want to help you become independent. You know, in your, in your path towards adulting, one of the things that's going to be useful is learning to cook. So I'd like you to be my sous chef, or you can just be the chef and I'll be your assistant, or mm -hmm. I can absent myself and you can just make whatever you want. But I think we want to get some cooking skills here because you like to eat and, you know, it's expensive to order out all the time. So this is a great way to do that. You need to phrase the requests that you're making of your kids in the, um, to couch them in the terms of, I'm helping you move towards independence by, I want to see you have more um, autonomy when you blah, blah, blah. And that will, that will assist them in, in adulting. That's, that's how you want to phrase it so that they can see that. What would help you adult successfully and build skills while you're home that you can take with you when this nightmare is over? Versus just saying, that's it. You're going to cook a meal tonight. You, there you go. learn to cook. So this is what happens when we're triggered. We're angry and we're like, you get out your room, come cook a meal right? That's, but that's not going to work. No, that's not going to work. Not. We want to say, so listen, I was thinking that, um, you know, I, I want to see you uh, learn how to feed yourself better when, you know, you're not living here. And really, you know, cooking is, is an aphrodisiac. So if you're, whoever you want, if you can learn to cook, you're going to have a greater time with whatever people you're attracted to <laughs> later on. Um, maybe even you could orchestrate something with your friends where you and your friend are making the same dish and you can see how it turns out. You know, you want to try to gamify things. Mm -hmm. um, play, when I say gamify, just inject some joy. Ask them to do the dishes, have them put on their music, learn a couple of the words to a few of their songs, dance in the kitchen, make them be like completely mortified. You've done the right thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And don't say, when you add, when you give them the choice to put the music on, don't say, no, turn that off. I can't take cope with that. No. Yeah, play the just... thing and just let them go with it. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, I have a funny story. Can I tell you a funny story yeah, about that? Sure. Yeah, so yeah. many years ago, I would say eight years ago, maybe seven years ago, my son um, was taking this SAT class with some of his friends and none of them um, were able to drive each other there yet. They had like Cinderella licenses and stuff, or they were just learning to drive. So uh, all the mothers divided up. So it was my turn. I went to pick them up at the test and they got in my car. They, you know, they get in my car, they pluck their phone in, they turn their music on and it's rap at volume 700. And with all of these words that I really don't want to hear. And, you know, it's the S word, the C word, the D word, the B word. And I basically <laughs> said, stop, turn off that song and pick one without those words, or I'm not taking you for ice cream. <laughs> I know some of those some of those songs the, the language is just so they said well can we put any rap on I said yes I just don't want to hear the c word or the b word and the f word yeah. <laughs> so they said okay so you want the clean version I said yes you know humor me put a clean song on she said okay but those really are bad I said that's okay we can tolerate it till we get to friendlies <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah now, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? How we would all give to just put five kids in our car right now and take them for ice cream. We will I do know. that again. That moment I will know. come again. This too shall pass. But I think, you know, that, that's a great place to, to wrap this conversation up. And hopefully, for those of you listening, you've got some nuggets and got some information that will help you navigate life in the thick of it with your kids who are spending an awful lot of time in their bedrooms. There's lots of information that Sharon has shared with you that I know certainly for myself has been super helpful. So thank you so much for being here again. I always enjoy speaking with you and I look forward to doing this again soon. And if you want to look up uh, Dr. Celine, I will put her website, Facebook group, Facebook uh, links and the link on Amazon to her book uh, in the podcast notes. So you've got easy access there. And Sharon, thank you again for being here. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Louise. It's always great to chat with you. Uh, I, I, I learn something myself every time as well. And I greatly appreciate your perspective and how many people you're helping who are parenting in the thick of it. So thank you. Well, thank you. Bye for now, everybody. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.